You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. This is your first time. We're so glad you're here. Um, come back, you know. Sometimes it takes a couple weeks for, for us to make a good impression. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting something, but I will remember, and then I'll share with you. Um, we're starting a new series. It's a new month, new series, and we're titling it, as you can see on the screen, Living in Your Element. It's so important for each and every one of us to, as we navigate through life, as we make decisions, as we engage in our relationships and professional lives, and some of you are young, you're making decisions about career and college and all that. Some of you, you know, you've already, you've already started all that, but you're making some other big decisions in life, and uh, you're, you're walking in it, and sometimes you wonder, like, am I living in my element? Am I, am I doing what I'm supposed to do? Am I in the center of God's will? And we all have a picture. We all have a, a, a picture of what that would look like, and, and most times, we feel like we are not living up to that picture. We have expectations, and, and we imagine, we see in our world people who have arrived, people that from the outside, we look at them when we say, that person is living in their element. They've, they've arrived. They're there. And uh, sometimes we try to put it together. But I have a couple of videos to show you of, of someone who is without a doubt living in his element. Let's, let's play the first video. Uh, here is here is Steph Curry just warming up for a game. Look at that guy. Just shooting the balls and getting it in every time. Can you believe that? Is he gonna make he's almost a half court? Look at that. Whoa! All the way from the middle of the road. Coming back in now. Every single shot, nothing but net. And then it's going to come a fun one right here, a fun one. No, that's not it yet. The fun one, the fun one. And, and he hits it. <laughs> Amazing, right? Isn't that, I mean, I don't play ball. Some of you play ball. You know how hard that is. You know how difficult that is. <laughs> It, it's really hard. But here's somebody who, who is definitely, definitely living in his element. There's one more video that I want to show of him because it's just amazing. Play the second one. Look at that. Just coming from the side of the court, from the bleachers. that insane from the bleachers from where we sit to watch the game he just just for fun you know amazing he makes it look so easy now some some of you, you you know how hard that is like it's it's really difficult i can't i like from within that that small what's the marker there the no even inside that like 
I, I can't hit even from there, man. I'm like, if I can hit the backboard, I, I'm happy. <laughs> Here's a question. Is he living in his element because he's so good at it, or is he so good at it because he's living in his element? It's not a trick question. In other words, did he get this good by living in his element, or did he have to get good so that he could finally live in his element. We all have this vision, this idea that for us to live in our element, we have to arrive. We have to be excellent in every single part of our life. Everything has to be flowing perfectly. That if we are to live in, in the center of God's plan, that's a life that's free of trouble, free of difficulties, and it's in constant ascension. And if something disturbs that, that means we're not living in our element. That's not the right idea. That's not true. And I want to speak some faith into you today. See, I don't know where you find yourself. I don't know where you, where you, where you, where you encounter yourself today as far as your vision for the future. But you got to know that you have not missed it. You, you, you are in the right place at the right time. You have the right body, the right nationality, the right gender. God created and placed you here at the right moment for you to accomplish what he has called you to accomplish. You have what it takes. You have the right set of talents, the right looks, and, uh, and God wants to use you to fulfill his purpose. And some of you really need to hear this today. You have not missed your chance. You haven't missed it. God can still make it come to pass. You were not too far off. It's not too late. You didn't blow it. The mistakes you've made, they're not irreparable. You can still reach and achieve the things that God placed in our heart, the, the, the dreams that he has placed in your life. So how does a person know they are, that they are living in their element? Because it's not necessarily a feeling. Even though there is feelings involved, it's not necessarily a feeling. I could stand up here and say, well, you just know. And, but I really dislike that. You just know. When I, when I was a, a, little bit, a little bit younger and I was looking for a wife at the tender age of 17, really looking and scoping the world for a bride, I would ask people who have found their soulmate, and I would ask them, how do you know? How do you know that that person is the person for you? How do you know? Because you're so good for each other. And they would give me this answer. What is it? You just, you just know. And I'd be like, that's so lame. There's got to be a better answer than that than you just know. It makes no sense. But then I met Alini. And when we met each other, we were fused together by the hotness of, of the, the, the encounter. See, we didn't have a spark. We, we, we had a, a, a volcano eruption that happened. Maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit. But, you know, it was evident that we have found one another's soul's counterpart. It was early. We, we met at 18. Well, we met at 8, but it's a long story. But we re-met. I was 17 turning 18, and by the time I was 19 years old, she was robbing the, the cradle. Uh, 
married as a teenager, 19 years old. Uh, I'm not going to expose her, but she was not a teenager. <laughs> I was a teenager. <laughs> She's going to get me for this. <laughs> so people would ask us, how do you know, J.D. and Alini? How do you know? And then we came up with a very creative way to answer that question that I think it will be good for you to know today. This is what we came up with. You just know. <laughs> you just know. But when it comes to living in your element, that's not enough. It's not enough to just feel it because your feelings will change. The way you feel about your life, the way you feel about uh, what you're engaged in, the way you feel about your purpose. Sometimes you love your purpose. Sometimes you don't love your purpose. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes you go through things that you didn't plan. And how can God redeem it? How can this be God's plan? Because you're in a part of it. It's not the whole story. How do you know? See, there are certain things that need to align. There are specific things that need to be clear to you, and they need to align. And there are three things specifically that I want to talk about today that need to align for you to be living in your element. And the things are your calling, your abilities, and the circumstances around you. Those three things, they need to align. And if you are uh, following the message on the app, there are some filling in the blanks there for you as well. That's what I had forgotten earlier. You're calling because there's got to be something bigger than ourselves that we're living for. There's got to be something bigger than ourselves that moves us, that takes us from point A to point B. There's got to be something purposeful in our lives that is causing us to pay attention meticulously to what we are doing, to our actions. For Christ followers, that is the call of God. God's call and God's purpose for your life. Paul writes to the Philippians chapter 3, verse 14 and 15 this. He says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those who are mature think this way, or mature, depending on how you say it. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that to you also. Let those who are, let those who are mature Think this way. How? Pressing on. Mindful. Focused on the upward call. The call of God in your life. So living in your element means that your heart and your spirit are open to recognizing and to answering God's calling in your life. You got to be open to it. Ability also must be a part of it because God's call always aligns with your ability. This is an important thing. It always aligns with your abilities and capacities. In fact, many times, and you, some of you have experienced this, God will call you to do something and you think, I don't think I can do that. And then you answer the call and you discover talents and abilities in you that you didn't know you had. And you think, I'm actually good at this. I didn't know I was good at this, but God called me to do it. And now I'm doing it and I love it. That's because God's, God's, God always calls you in the area that he has equipped you for, that he has given you the capacity for. He has capacitated you, and whether you know it or not, there, there, there are things in you that are untapped, and they are always part of God's call. That's because God made you, God made you for your calling. 
He designed you for it. See, if you're tone deaf, you're not supposed to be a singer. Right? If you can't dribble, you're not supposed to be in the NBA. That's, that's, that's how God calls. God's calling in our lives, aligns. Romans chapter 12, verse 4 and 6, Paul writes, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. And then he lists the gifts. Let us use them. In other words, living in your element means you use your God-given gifts. And you make sure to... Uh, you make an effort to grow and to develop them. You make sure that you are developing those abilities. And the circumstances are important too because to live in your element, your calling and your abilities need the right environment for them to thrive. You need to be in the right place so that your calling and your abilities can thrive. The circumstances of your life need to be conducive for the call of God. They need to welcome the call of God so that it can manifest in your lives properly. And Jesus called, when Jesus called a couple of his disciples who used to be fishermen, Mark 1.17 says that he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You will become fishers of men. What was Jesus doing? He was leading them to a life where the circumstances align with their calling so that their abilities could grow and thrive. You see, your calling is God's part. That, that's, that's what God does. He, he just he makes you aware of it. He shows it to you, but that's God's part. Your abilities are your part. God gave them to you. He put them on you, but he put them in you, but you're supposed to develop it. You're supposed to bring it out. You're supposed to engage them. And the circumstances are the, 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 the circumstances is where, is where those two manifest themselves. Now think about this. If you have abilities and the right circumstances only, but you're not aware of God's call in your life, you will second-guess yourself. You will lack vision because you're not going to know what to do with it. And very often, you will fall prey to temptation because anything will be able to catch your attention in your heart. If you have the call of God and the right circumstances, but you don't have the ability, you didn't develop your gifts, you didn't develop your abilities, you'll be disappointed because the time will come for you to rise and you will not be able to because you didn't develop the gifts and you were not ready when the moment came. And if you have the calling and the ability, but the circumstances are not lined up, the environment is not right, you'll be frustrated. You'll be feeling like someone who can't do much, even though you have so much on the inside. You'd be like like a Lamborghini that just goes to Target. Lamborghini needs the needs a track, man. At least give it give it the highway, right? But if you just use it to drive in town to go to Target, doesn't he have the he doesn't even have the trunk space for it? 
That's how you feel. Like, yeah, I have so much in me. I have so much that I know. And it's not prideful. You just know that if, and if you have the right circumstances, you, you have the call of God in your heart. You have the ability. You just don't have the right circumstances. It's so frustrating when you're in that position. And some of you, you are not living in your element because you're probably in one of these scenarios. You have two or three or one or two pieces and you, you're missing this other piece. It's just there's no, either there's no clarity or something is missing. Or maybe worse, you don't have any of them. You don't know what your calling is. You haven't exercised your abilities and your circumstances are not that good. It's just blah, right? If that's you, you need a Holy Spirit moment to awaken you. But don't be discouraged. Because now you know. You know what to pray for. You know what to pursue. You know what to engage in. You can pray and you can put your heart before God and say, God, reveal your calling in my life. God, help me develop my abilities. Help me develop uh, what you have given me and lead me to the right place at the right time. Give me, put me in the right circumstances, Lord, so that my life can flourish. That's how you live in your element. Now, Within those three, element, three aspects, there are certain attitudes that we need to have to be living in our element, right? And each week of this series, we're going to highlight one of those attitudes. Attitudes for you to adjust. Look at somebody and say, you need, you need an attitude adjustment. <laughs> you need an attitude adjustment. Good work. See, if you're going to see God move in your life, you need the right attitude. And the attitude I want to talk to you a little bit today is the attitude of faith. It's so important for us to have the right attitude of faith. See, faith, Scripture says, is the evidence of things unseen. Faith is this faith is hoping and believing for what you cannot see yet because God already showed you and caused you to see it in the spiritual. You cannot see it yet in the natural, but you have hope and you believe for it because you saw it already in your spirit. God already gave you a vision so that you could see it in the supernatural, in the spiritual realm. How do you know things are going to happen? Do you just know? No, you know by faith. You've seen it. You've been given a vision. And a great illustration of someone who lived in this element is Joseph in the Scripture. If you're familiar with the Scripture, you know that God called Abraham out of his family. Abraham had a son named Isaac. Isaac had a son named Jacob. And Jacob had 12 sons. One of them was Joseph. Joseph was Abraham's great-grandson. And when Joseph was 17 years old, he would help his dad administer the business, of the family business. They had a farm, and they had land and animals, and, and, and they also uh, planted crops. And Joseph was his father's favorite son, Scripture says. That Joseph was, uh, because of that, he and his brothers did not like him. Because he was his favorite son, his brother's did not like him. Now, Joseph had two dreams, okay? He told his family his first dream. He said this, In my dream, we, are, we were all in the fields together working. 
we were holding, um, we were all in the fields together working, and we were binding grains together into sheaves. Right? We were binding the grains together. And then in the dream, he said, my sheaf rose up, and all of your sheaves bowed down to me. Now, how, how would you feel if, if somebody came, at, came, came to you and told you that, a brother or a family member, hey, I had a dream that you were bowing down to me. You can only imagine. His brothers already didn't like him, so now they hated him even more. After that, he had another dream. And this dream, this time, he saw 12 stars, he saw a moon, and a sun. And they were all together, the stars, the moon, and the sun. And he said that the star, 11 stars, the moon, and the sun bowed down to his star. And he shared that with his brothers and his dad. His father understood the dream, and he rebuked him. He said, what are you saying? He said, that my mother and I and your brothers are going to bow down to you? He didn't have an answer for it. But he said, that's, that's what I dreamed. That's my dream. His brothers were consumed with jealousy because of that. And he, they, they hated him, the scripture says. They hated him so much, they wanted to get rid of it. So a few days later, they're on the field. And they decide some of them wanted to kill him. And so his, the older brother, Reuben, said, let's not do that. Let's not kill him. Let's throw him in this, in this old well, in this pit. And then we'll decide what to do with him. So they threw him in there. And what, uh, what they ended up doing is they sold him as a slave to the Ishmaelite. Uh, and so Joseph gets sold as a slave. And this is what they tell the father. They killed the goat, sprinkled some blood on, on the coat that they got from him. And they said, is this, is this your, your son's coat? Is this the coat that you gave him? And the father said, yes. And they said, a big animal came and ate him, devoured him. He's dead. He's gone. That's what they told their father. All the while, Joseph is now a slave. It's a horrible story. Story of betrayal jealousy, deception. And there was Joseph, young, with the call of God in his life. All he did was share what God had placed in his heart through a dream. But he was young. Even though he had natural talents, his abilities were not fully developed yet. He was immature. And his circumstances were not good. So he had the call of God. His abilities needed to be developed his circumstances were not good. And here's the importance of faith. Because what Joseph couldn't see in the natural, he held on to his heart because God has already, had already showed him in a dream. And that shaped his attitude. It shaped how he chose to live. As a slave, as a slave, Joseph went to work for Potiphar. Potiphar was a high official in the, in the country of Egypt, which was the world superpower at the time. And even in those dire circumstances, he committed to do his best. And so we don't know how long it took, but before long, 
This is what happened. Before long, Joseph was living in his element. His calling, his abilities, and his circumstances came together. Even though he was still a servant, he became a servant in power because of it. Listen to what the scripture says, Genesis chapter 39, verse 6. So he left all that he had in, in, uh, in Joseph's charge, talking about Potiphar. He left all that he had in Joseph's charge, and because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. The boss basically trusted him with everything in his house. He says that the Lord blessed all the Egyptian leader had because of Joseph. But notice what Joseph was doing. He was a manager. He was an administrator. It's the same thing that he was doing for his dad. The same thing he was doing when he was 17 years old. Same gifts, same abilities. He was developing it. He was with faith answering to the same calling and coupling the calling with the ability that he had. And the circumstances began to line up. He remained faithful to the call of God and he used his abilities to be faithful to the call of God and the circumstances began to line up. So Joseph is living well now. He's doing well, but he has a problem. Joseph has a big problem. He is tall, dark, and handsome. He's a good-looking man. He's a looker. Oh, yeah. So Joseph has a bigger problem because of that. His master's wife, not a maid. He would have been able to get rid of that. Not a housekeeper. He could have fired that person. But his boss, his boss's wife, she took a liking to Joseph, and Scripture says that she wanted to have some good times with Joseph. She made advances. Now listen to what Joseph had to say. Verse 8, chapter 39. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house, and he has put me at everything that he has in my charge. He's no greater than in this house than I am. Nor has he kept back anything from me except you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And as, he spoke, as, as she spoke to Joseph, notice, day after day. It wasn't a one-time thing. Day after day, he would not listen to her, to lie beside her, or to be with her. Now, why would Joseph consider this to be a sin against God? It may be obvious to you now because you have the scriptures, you follow Jesus and all that. But why would Joseph consider this to be a sin against God and not against his boss? Not against his master? You can say, well, that's easy, J.D. It's because of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Well, you got to remember, Moses is Joseph's great, 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 I don't know how many greats, but he's Joseph's great, 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 great nephew. Right? One of Joseph's brothers' name was Levi. Levi is descendants. It's from the line of Levi that, that Moses came. This is 400 years before there was even a Ten Commandments. What kind of devotion is this that Joseph has? You know what I think? 
This is what I think. I think that Joseph decided from an early age, he committed in his heart from the time he was a young, young man, that no matter what job he had, no matter what occupation, no matter what location, he worked for God. He worked for God. He was always on assignment. He was always on call. And I think that's a great mentality for us to have. No matter where you are, you work for God. So he was answering God's calling in his life. Yes, he worked for his master, but he worked for God no matter what. If he was with his father, his siblings, slave owners, a high official in Egypt, or his loose wife. He worked for God. Joseph answered to the one and only God. He had an attitude of faith. And I don't know where you find yourself today, but if you want to live in your element, there are some things that you need to adopt and adhere. Because here's, here's what will happen. When you begin to live in your element, like Joseph, it'll be so easy for you to be tempted to be so comfortable with your favorable circumstances. Because things are going to line up, man. And you can be so comfortable with your favorable circumstances that you'll be tempted to be confident in your abilities and forget about who called you in the first place. So many people fall right here. Things get good. You get comfortable and confident in your abilities. You love the circumstances you're in. And you play loose, fast and loose with the call of God. You need to remember this. You will fall. When you forget God's call. You will fall when you forget God's call. All the temptation will come. It will come to all of us. That's why an attitude of faith is so important. you got to keep your eyes on the prize. On the upward call. Like Paul said, forgetting what stays behind. We ought to have this mature attitude. An attitude of maturity to look to the upward call. And that's what Joseph did. He said no. He rejected his boss's wife's advances, and that cost him. He was thrown in jail. It looked like he lost it all. But here's what Joseph didn't lose. Joseph didn't lose his calling. Joseph didn't lose his abilities. Yes, he lost the circumstances that surrounded him. But remember, when you are faithful in your calling, and you use your abilities to fulfill your calling, the circumstances will line up. Have you ever had that happen to you? See, when you work for God faithfully, just like Joseph, you may, you may have a setback. But here's something that we need to keep in mind. When you work for God faithfully, you're never unemployed. You never lose your job. Because you have an ultimate calling that God has on your life. When you have an attitude of faith and you hold on to God's calling, He will use your abilities in such a way that will transform the circumstances around you. Let me ask you, what happened to you? What happened to you when it looked like you lost it all? What happened to you when you refused to give in to temptation? What happened to you when, you bought, when your boss or, or, or the, your supervisor asked you to lie? And you didn't. And you said, no, I'm not going to do that. What happened to you when your friends encouraged you to cheat? 
And you decided you weren't going to do that. And maybe the enemy himself put thoughts and ideas on your mind, knocking the door of your heart, trying to get in and to have you to turn back on God's calling in your life. And still you stood strong. Still you rebuked that temptation. What happened? Did you lose your job? Did your friends turn on you? What happened? Did things get worse? It's possible. It's possible that things might get worse. But if you're living in your element, you need to understand this. You may get fired from your job. You may get fired from your friendships. Have you ever been fired by a friend? You may get fired. Even your family might say, we don't want to have anything to do with you. But an attitude of faith means you never get fired from God's call in your life. You're committed to it. You're saying, I have a purpose, and I will answer to that purpose. Your life has a purpose because you are here on this earth on assignment from Almighty God. He has called you for something amazing and beautiful. Listen to this awesome passage in 1 John chapter 5, verses 2 through 5. It says this. I'm going to start from verse 3, actually. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. You say it. Our faith. Our faith is the victory that has overcome the world. Verse 5, it says, Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Really, who else can overcome? Except those who do it through faith. See, Joseph's story didn't end there. In jail, he lived in his element. And in jail, not, not too long after he was in jail, he became the jail's administrator. Just God used his talents, his same ability, administrating. He, he, became, he became the boss. In, he ran the jail. He was a prisoner, and he ran the jail. And later, he became the country's administrator. In many ways, the world administrator, because Egypt was, uh, was, rule, was, was the world power in the time of famine where the other countries came to Egypt to get food because of Joseph. But here's a man who, he grew up, think about his story. He grew up with jealous brothers who hated him. He was sold as a slave by his brothers. As a slave, he worked at a house, made his way up, and he was sent to jail unjustly, falsely accused. And when he was finally in power, he was in power of the whole country because the country was going to go through a famine. It was a hard life. It was a, every season of his life was hard. Every season of his life had hardship. Every single season, there was something pushing against him. There was a challenging element that he had to overcome. Listen, it never got easy. It never got simple. And living in your element is not going to get easy sometimes. And it's not about being simple. It's not about being easy. It's about answering the call of God in your life. It's about, it's about using your abilities and affecting the circumstances around you. Can you rise in a time of famine? Yes, you can. Can you overcome in a time where inflation is at an all-time high? Yes, you can. Do you have to fear what's around you, the circumstances that are around you? You don't have to fear because 
when you answer God's call and you, and you are faithful in your abilities, God will use you to bless and affect the circumstances around you. He is with you. I cannot tell you, this is, this is what we hope to do with our church, and I cannot tell you how many times, you know, in our church we have, we have seen difficult moments. But God has called each and every one of us for a purpose as a church, to, to apply our talents, to apply our gifts, so that we can have and make a difference in a world. And many times we've been tempted, tempted to give up. Could be doing something else, right? But this is, this is, every time this is what we're reminded. God called us to be here. God called me to be here. He called us to love you, to encourage you, to teach you simple things. You know, when I think about my life, I know I, know I can't do much, but I, this, this is what I can do. I can teach you simple things. I can teach you how to be good. I can teach you how to love God. I can teach you how to have a pure heart. I can teach you how to be a good friend. I can teach you how to be a devoted spouse. I can teach you how to resist the devil. Because these are things that, that God has placed in, in our hearts as pastors and in my heart. So I can move in this ability because this is what God has placed in us. And this is, this is God's church. And this is my hope because he's doing his work through this church in us, right? This is my hope. My hope is to be a small part of this church so that this church can be a big part in your life as we all build it together, as we all carry this burden of answering the call of God. It might be a burden, but it's much better than the burden that the world puts on us, right? Jesus said, come to me, all who are heavy laden, and you will have rest for your souls. For my burden is light. He's humble at heart, and he said, for my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let me encourage you to hold on to your calling. You have a call of God in your life. Hold on to your calling. Practice your abilities so that you can affect the world. Have an attitude of faith today. Because when you have an attitude of faith, you will always have something to live for. And you will discover the joy of living in your element. Do you receive it today?